When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old U.S. of A., you might just think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program that hopefully will cause you to stop and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. Well, good morning, everyone. It's July 6th, 2020, Monday, back from a long holiday weekend with all 10 fingers and toes still intact. Today's going to be a fun-filled program filled with information you're just going to cringe when you hear. We'll be back in just a moment with that information. This is The Truth Hurts. This is the Truth Hurts program. Here's your host, Steve Z. Let's kick off today's program with some I told you so information. Los Angeles, California. The headline on Friday said Orange County inflated its coronavirus test numbers by mistakenly including antibody tests, officials say. Let's break down this headline. First, mistakenly? I think not. More like deliberately and hope nobody catches us. The report says for roughly five weeks, county staff incorrectly added 30,000 serology tests to the cumulative tests to date figure. Then, after they incited mass panic, as I told you they would, The officials simply apologized for their error, and that was it. Now imagine if the officials had mistakenly left out 30,000 cases instead of adding them. Imagine if the officials had mistakenly just decided to not report 30,000 cases. They would have fired those officials immediately. They would have called it a conspiracy to falsify the numbers, and they would be pretty much kicked out. There would be a statewide investigation and somehow Trump would get blamed. But this did happen in California and the false panic supported their agenda, so I guess all is forgiven. In other news, I wanted to point out the media's use and abuse of race in their reporting. In a tragic news headline from Atlanta, Georgia this morning, it read, An eight-year-old girl died from a bullet fired into her mother's car in Atlanta over the weekend. The story began by saying, quote, An eight-year-old girl was shot and killed on the 4th of July after at least two people in a crowd of armed people opened fire on a car she was riding in near a flashpoint of recent protests in Atlanta. Authorities said Sunday. That was the first paragraph. There were no riots, no protests, no marches to call for an end to the violence against this little eight-year-old child. But the news media was quick to point out that the shooting of this child occurred, quote, 
near the Wendy's restaurant where an African-American man, Rayshard Brooks, was killed by a white Atlanta police officer on June 12th, unquote. They go on to say that the fast food outlet was burned during frequent protests against police brutality. And much later in the article, they pointed out that 24 people were shot overnight on July 4th alone in Atlanta, including 14 people on Auburn Avenue, a few blocks from the MLK Memorial. So again, we're using race to promote our story. Now, since most people don't bother to read the headlines, or beyond the headlines, that is, and certainly most people don't read beyond the first paragraph or two, the media chooses to inflate and inflame at the beginning of their story and to put the more important details that don't support their narrative or their agenda much further down in the story. But I'll point out a few facts you might be interested to know. The media made damn sure to point out something completely unrelated to this little girl's death. The inclusion in their story about a black man killed by a white cop blocks away from where this little girl was killed. They deliberately did not tell you that the little girl was African American and that the suspects in her her killing are also likely African American because the protesters and rioters in that neighborhood were mostly black. Oh no. You see, that wouldn't fit their narrative. Late in the article, they pointed out the fact that the mother was trying to drive through a makeshift barricade set up by protesters and rioters in Atlanta, and that the mother was driving with the eight-year-old child to a parking lot of a liquor store. You know, an essential business during pandemics and riots. Of course, Atlanta Democrat Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms said, quote, An eight-year-old girl was killed last night because her mother was riding down the street. If Sicoria was not safe last night, none of us are safe. Unquote. You see how they steer you away from some important facts like, I don't know, the race of the people who killed the little girl? They steer you away from those facts that don't support their narratives. Three days later, After the death of this child, Mayor Bottoms has finally decided now to clear protesters from the area around the burned-out Wendy's. The father of the eight-year-old girl was quoted as saying, They say black lives matter. You killed your own. You killed your own this time. They killed my baby because she crossed the barrier and made a U-turn. You killed a child. She didn't do nothing to nobody. Killing your own. You killed an eight-year-old child. She ain't did nothing to no one of y'all. She just wanted to go home to see her cousin. That's all she wanted to do. She just wanted to get home. Unquote. Triple negatives aside, the father's message rings true. Someone close to the scene pointed out that just last week, the Atlanta mayor had basically ceded that entire area around the burned out Wendy's to groups of protesters, and that one of the protest leaders was actually turning away police, calling out the cops as being not welcome there because they were not there to protect or serve the black community, only to kill them. So now, after this child's killing, the mayor finally spoke up and decided it's time to dismantle the protest. She told the media and the crowd, quote, 
You can't blame this on a police officer. You can't say this is about criminal justice reform. This is about some people carrying some weapons who shot up a car with an eight-year-old baby in the car. We got to stop this. We are doing more harm than any police officer on this force. We've had over 75 shootings in the city over the past several weeks. Unquote. Too little, too late, Ms. Bottoms? Come on. You know you were thinking the same thing. The truth hurts. Ignorance abounds, my friends. The statue of Frederick Douglass was destroyed at Maplewood Park in Rochester, New York over the weekend. Frederick Douglass, boys and girls, was a black abolitionist. A black what, you ask? Oh, abolitionist. Those are the people who called for the end to slavery. And on the day that the ignorant anarchist idiots chose to destroy his memorial happens to be on the anniversary of the very day he delivered a speech calling for the end to slavery back in 1852. Now, while all the other Confederate statues that were damaged in the past few years have simply been done away with, forgotten about, or stored away, probably never to be seen again, the Rochester statue of Frederick Douglass will be replaced, according to a person who claims to be responsible for the statue's original placement. Isn't that special? the double standard continues. Meanwhile, police in California are looking for, quote, a white man and a white woman, unquote, who vandalized a Black Lives Matter mural painted on the street in a town near San Francisco. Hmm, let me break that one down for you. First of all, the news article says that they're looking for a white man and a white woman who vandalized a Black Lives Matter mural. Breaking it down, why did they need to call out the race of these people when they didn't call out the race of the people who killed the little eight-year-old girl in Atlanta? That's number one. Number two, why didn't they use the term allegedly vandalized? Oh, that's right, because when white people are accused of doing something, they must have done it, so they don't use terms like reportedly or allegedly. Then they're calling this painting in the middle of a street a mural you know where people vandalize the street and paint a giant slogan which claims that only one race's lives matter they called it a mural I wonder why they don't say allegedly when it comes to their reporting of a white person committing vandalism on a mural number one it's not a mural it is vandalizing what if someone slipped on that paint? Could they sue the city? I wonder. I wonder why the cops aren't out actively looking for the people who painted, and pardon the language here, if you need to cover the kids' ears for just a moment, I'll give you a moment to do so. Okay, I also wonder why the cops aren't out actively looking for the people who painted fuck the police, kill cops, or all the other nasty graffiti in that same town. Of course, the news report on Yahoo News makes it a point to state that the man was wearing a red Trump four more years shirt 
and keep America great again is supposedly what the man said to the crowd of people who watched him paint over what he called vandalism. Speaking of the BLM so-called mural, double standard much? Police and city officials called the damage to the so-called mural divisive and hurtful. I wonder, I'm just surprised that many more of these racist murals aren't being vandalized. You know, like an accidental porta potty suck truck spilling their blue loads of goo on the streets over those murals. Or paint truck accidents. Just saying, it's truly a wonder how that hasn't happened. It's a true double standard when one group of people can choose to paint their slogan, their racist sayings, on a street. But anyone with a desire to express an opposing point of view are considered racist, symbolic of hate. The double standard is alive and well. Well, good morning, everyone. It's June 30th, 2020, the midway point in the year that I wish we could go back and erase. This is the Truth Hurts program, and I want you to strap yourselves in today, kids, because it's going to be a longer ride than you are accustomed to. You might want to hydrate and even get some snacks ready. And you don't want to be distracted, because today's program is about the ugly truth they don't want you to realize. Hey, do you remember that couple in St. Louis last week? The ones who dared to stand outside their private home with guns to protect themselves from an armed group of protesters who violently destroyed the gates to their private gated community? Well, if you follow social media, you saw hundreds of joke memes. And if you watch the highly edited news stories, you saw headlines saying that an armed couple threatens peaceful protesters. Well, the so-called peaceful protesters, as you may recall, also were armed. Some of them. Well, those protesters returned in much larger numbers over the holiday weekend to just outside the home of that couple. That couple, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, the 60-something-year-olds who made headlines because some trespasser with a video camera on his phone decided it would be cute to film the activity of protesters in a private community. Those protesters actually stopped this weekend outside the gates to the private community rather than once again breaking the law to trespass. Okay, gold star for you nuts. This time they spent 15 minutes chanting Black Lives Matter slogans, even though the McCluskeys were nowhere to be seen. The news article says that the McCluskeys have had to hire a private security firm to protect themselves and their property from an ongoing barrage of threats against them and their home. More than a dozen men from a private security firm were seen on the grounds of the McCloskey's home. I guess it's better than stepping out again with your AR. Well, good for you, McCloskey's, but you can afford private security. When? Not if, but when 
a mob decides to invade your gated community. My question to the listeners is, can you afford a 12-man private security detail 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to protect your home when, and I did say when, not if, but when angry mobs decide that your privilege is way too much for their shallow individual feelings? Can you afford 24-7 security guards when, again, when, not if, some coward hiding in a group of other cowardly thugs decides that today you have offended them and they come crashing through the gates or the front door of your home? The real irony in the McCloskey's case is that the McCloskey's themselves are personal injury attorneys who represent people affected by police violence. Yep, they're the ones you see on TV in St. Louis during those afternoon court shows. Mark McCloskey was actually interviewed by the younger idiot Cuomo on his network. He said, quote, A guy stands in front of me, pulls out two loaded pistol magazines, and snaps them in front of my face and says, You're next. If you were there, Chris, I think you'd feel like you had a right to defend yourself as well. Unquote. But we all know Chris Cuomo would never carry a gun. He always has two or three armed security guards following him, courtesy of his network. So let me get this right. Two white people make national headlines for weeks because they chose to defend themselves on their own property. But a so-called black power militia group was allowed to go on public property and intimidate white people. And there was barely any news coverage about it. In Stone Mountain, Georgia, over the weekend, dressed in paramilitary black uniforms, armed with semi-automatic rifles, a group of so-called black power militia approached multiple automobiles with white people inside, threatening them, calling out the whites, telling them to get out of their cars, kneel down and apologize for being white. They were asking for reparations for the black people. And their own members videoed the incidents for some narcissistic self-promotion purposes. Can you say black KKK? Can you say racism? Of course you can't say that. Come on. I want you people to close your eyes for just a moment and imagine if these hundreds of armed people were white, wearing white robes with pointed hoods and the eyes cut out, and walking up to cars full of black people, demanding that they get out of their cars and kneel down and apologize for being black, and then demand money from them. It would be all over the news. But for this racist incident, what do we hear from the media? Crickets. You're not going to like hearing this. After all, the truth hurts. An African-American man who identifies himself as Grand Master J, the self-described leader of the black militia NFAC, is advocating for a new black nation, suggesting that Texas will be okay. 
as soon as Texas can be turned over to them. He was quoted as saying, The solution is very simple. We file a declaration of liberation declaring every African-American descendant of slavery a political prisoner here in the United States that was affected by the Portuguese slave trade. And after that, the United States has a choice. Either carve us a piece of land out here, we'll take Texas and let us do our own thing, or don't stop us when we exit this body here and go somewhere where they will give us our own land to build our own nation, unquote. Boys and girls, cover your ears again, because I'm going to say a naughty word. The initials NFAC allegedly stand for Not Fucking Around Coalition. And their so-called leader says that they are all ex-military, all disciplined, and expert shooters. He said, quote, We don't want to talk no more. We don't want to negotiate. We don't want to sing songs. And we don't bring signs to a gunfight. We are an eye-for-an-eye organization, so when they decide to act right, we'll act right, and we'll do it all legally, unquote. The NFAC militia marched on Stone Mountain, Georgia, with the intention of demanding Confederate monuments to be removed. Their intimidation and threats were obvious, with Grandmaster Jay speaking through a bullhorn while taunting white militias challenged who he called rednecks to battle it out. He said, Threat, counter threat, because threats don't mean shit to us. Y'all, meaning whites, been threatening us since Birmingham. I ain't seen shit. I don't see no white militia. So to the boogie boys, the three percenters, and all the rest of these scared-ass rednecks, we here. Where the fuck you at? We in your house. Let's go. Unquote. He was also quoted as declaring that the police work for the KKK and that the bankers in America are the KKK because most bankers are white people. By the way, I know a bunch of people in Texas who will not be very willing to give up their state to any group of armed thugs, much less a group of militant anarchist clowns who feel only powerful when they're in large groups and carrying their weapons. Texans are pretty well armed themselves. If that group wants to start their own country, start a new nation, perhaps North Dakota would be a good place for them. It's empty. They can build it their own way. They don't certainly deserve a ready-made area equipped with industry and ports and infrastructure. In Grand Master Jay's quote, he said, and I quote again, Either carve us a piece of land out here, we'll take Texas and let us do our own thing, or don't stop us when we exit this body here and go somewhere where they will give us our own land to build our own nation, unquote. I vote you do the second thing. Go elsewhere and build your nation. There's lots of land in Africa. Or maybe you could just give them North Dakota to build this nation. There's lots of land to start from scratch. Wakanda forever, right? Yet you hear nothing about this videotaped encounter on the mainstream news media. I guess they must have hired Joe Biden's press handlers to bury this story like they buried the former vice president's extortion of the Ukrainian government until they fired the prosecutor looking into 
Joe Biden's son Hunter's illegal dealings with the Ukraine. In other exciting news, Antifa is reportedly behind the newest craze to shut down the economy and the interstates. They're allegedly hanging chains from interstate overpasses with large sections of metal pipes at the end, situated just at the right height to smash the windshield of an 18-wheel tractor trailer. You know, just high enough to pass over the roofs of cars and SUVs, but just the right height to kill a truck driver of an 18-wheeler driving at highway speeds. Be careful, truckers. They're coming for your lives. Kanye West reportedly announced that he will be running for president this year. Most likely a publicity stunt, because it's highly unlikely at the time of his announcement for him to file the necessary paperwork. I'm sure it's a distraction. And the deadline has certainly passed in many states for him to actually file the papers necessary to get on the ballots. Yeah, let's see here. It's just about time. Yeah, it's just about time that his love fest with the Donald comes to an end. After all, you can't have a prominent black guy supporting this president during this strange time in our American history, right? Uh Aha. We caught you thinking. This is the truth hurts. Here he is once again, Steve Z. And now for some semi-good news. Tampa, Florida prosecutors have filed felony charges against 57 people who were arrested following the looting, arson, property damage, and fighting with police in the days following the unrest related to the killing of the criminal George Floyd by a bad cop in Minneapolis. In total, 52 counts of burglary, 13 counts of grand theft, and 4 counts of battery on a law enforcement officer have been filed against those involved. The state's attorney is reviewing additional evidence of 45 more felony cases, and more charges and indictments are likely on the way. Well, boys and girls, that's a start and hopefully not some token gesture to appease the masses on the side of law and order. On the other side of things, protesters toppled the Christopher Columbus statue in Baltimore over the weekend and tossed it into the harbor. What the hell's their beef against old Chris? The protesters claim that Columbus is responsible for the genocide and exploitation of native indigenous peoples. You know, Indians. Feathers, not dots. The wonderful Democrats who run Baltimore are torn between their support for the anarchists and their support for the large Italian-American community who might just be offended at having their man thrown into the harbor. City Council President Brandon Scott says he he will support the removal of the statue because, quote, Although I support Baltimore's Italian-American community and Baltimore's indigenous community, I cannot, however, support Columbus, unquote. Nice pandering job. I guess you'll be running for mayor next term, right? Columbus statues have also been removed in Miami, Richmond, St. Paul, and Boston, among other cities. Oh, you spoiled little children must be so proud. Remember the fight for 15? 
The demands of minimum wage burger flippers, Mac makers, and Whopper floppers. You know, the folks who can't get a simple hamburger order correct. I don't want onions. Or speak proper English when they're talking to you over the speaker. But they want to make more money than an EMT? Well, we have the answer. A startup company called Miso Robotics has announced that it has invented a robot burger maker called Flippy. The new machine is touted as the world's first autonomous robotic kitchen assistant, and it can actually learn from its surroundings and acquire new skills over time, unlike many of the Whopper floppers and Mac makers out there. The overall cost of employing Flippy equates to about $3 per hour. It can work 24 hours a day, doesn't demand breaks. It's never late for work, it never calls out sick, it never has an attitude with managers or customers, it doesn't discriminate by spitting on hamburgers served to police, it doesn't pick its nose and touch your food, and it doesn't demand a pay raise because it feels entitled. Do you find it funny we're not treated to any global warming or climate change stories lately? Or Epstein stories? Or any economic news now that the economy is churned its way back to post-Obama highs? Hmm. Here's some depressing news. Toledo, Ohio lost a police officer on July 4th, 2020. Officer Anthony Dia was shot in the chest. His last dying words to the dispatcher over his police radio were, Tell my family I love them. End of watch, July 4, 2020. Rest in peace, Officer Dia. I sincerely hope and pray that they catch the animal who did this and show that animal what true justice means. That or an unfortunate accident for the shooter on his way to the lockup. Either way, it's fine with me. says out loud exactly what you are thinking. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. President Donald Trump accused NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace on Monday, July 6th today, of stirring up trouble by complaining about a noose found in his garage and successfully pushing for the race car group to ban the Confederate flag. Trump was quoted as saying, has Bubba Wallace apologized to all those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him? Trump asked this question in a tweet. He called the disturbing discovery of the so-called noose just another hoax because investigators said it's been there for a long, long time and it was not a slipknot, right? The trailblazing black driver denounced racism within the world of NASCAR, which appeals predominantly to a white fan base, right? And I agree, racism is wrong, but it's wrong on both sides. So here's my question. So here's my question. What does NASCAR intend to do now that it's been found out that the entire Bubba Wallace noose story was a hoax. Remember, no noose is good news. Well, NASCAR is going to now try to pander 
to its very base. You know, the white folks who watch race cars go around in a circle. Go Fast FAS Racing announced on Wednesday it had entered a partnership with the Patriots of America Political Action Committee, a pro-Donald Trump pack, for nine races, including the Cup Series race at the Brickyards. They actually put a number 32 car on the track with all of its sponsors written, you know, their little logos. And in the left lower corner of the rear of the car, you can see a Trump 2020 sticker. It says Trump 2020 on the hood. And that's supposed to make all the folks who were called racist, redneck NASCAR watchers feel better about themselves. Sorry, folks. You can't pander after insulting your entire base. NASCAR's sponsors are going to see a great dip in their revenues. That's my feeling. NASCAR did ban the Confederate flag, offending many people who don't see the Confederate flag as a symbol of racism, but a symbol of their history. But NASCAR stopped it anyway. And now they have to deal with the ramifications of their actions. That's about all the crap that I want to talk about going on in the good old USA today, folks. It's ugly, but it's the truth. And sometimes, unfortunately, my friends, (laughs) the truth hurts. And that's about all I have to say on this topic for now. Usually when all is said and done, much more is said than is ever done. But it is sometimes the doing that causes more harm than it does good. So go out and make a difference in the world. But whatever you do, make it a positive change, not a negative one. This is the Truth Hurts program and we'll see you next time.